Retro Rebel Gamecast, episode 27, is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash Toddcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics for you to listen Retro Rebel is released every week, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. If you want to see more from us, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon slash Temple of Geek. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and I'm one of your hosts, and with me today is my fellow Rebel host, Amanda. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. I'm excellent. That is good to hear. Hungry, I hear. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I could use some duck liver, I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. Someone offered me so <laughs> I would take him off on it. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, I've had my coffee, so I'm ready to go. So what have you been playing? I have been playing the new Cancer of the Interwebs. Cancer of the Interwebs. The STD of Messenger, uh, Everwing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that should be in their marketing for some for some reason. It, I think it would go it would go well. It really is. You know what's funny? It is also acutely causing me to realize how few friends I actually have <laughs> on Facebook. Yeah. Cuz they want you to like invite 10 new people every time they give you this quest. And the one I'm on right now is really good and like could potentially unlock a whole new character, which means I can send in more of the like automatic complete quests during the day. Yeah. And I, I don't have any more people I can invite. I've done it all. <laughs> so yeah, like my list, I can't even scroll down. I can't even like add more people in. Like that's just it. That's it. I'm done now. That's all my friends list. I've exhausted. On this game, so it's cool, it's fun, it's a down-scrolling uh, sort of reaction-time-based platformer situation. Yeah. Uh, it's cute, you get little fairies, you have two little dragons that you can take along with you, and you know, as you go further and further through the game, it speeds up, it adds more elements to try to, you know, uh, kill you and time you out. So Naturally. it's pretty cool. They have a group based in Messenger, so it's an in Messenger game. I say Facebook, but that's because it's Facebook Messenger, but it's actually inside the Messenger, so you don't have to open Facebook app or anything like that. It actually plays natively in the Messenger, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and you can also, it'll send you a message throughout the day whenever your little characters complete quests on their own, and you can just literally say, claim and resend in the messenger you don't even have to open the game and it'll just do that for you which i think makes it a little bit easier to manage kind of as you go about your day because i really don't have time to be opening it in the middle of my work day but i can tap a one button response and keep it earning things for me kind of during the day gold and items and stuff so it's really cool and you can create uh if you invite groups of people to play you can take on raid bosses with them and compete in leaderboard challenges and things like that which i think is pretty neat and i recently infected you with it haven't i <laughs> you have recently infected me yes uh and like any good std it pops up randomly to let me know it's still there um yeah <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, I've gotten my, uh, you know, I got a, a message yesterday and I just was playing it after I went and watched a movie and, uh, and it was the first time that I'd actually gotten into the game. And, you know, I found it to be, especially right off the bat, it was, uh, easy to get into. It's easy to play. Um, it's, you know, that, that Gradius style, um, uh, you know, 1940, well, again, I'm going to show my age and at, at games that I list like 1942 or where you're, you, you know, you have your fairy and you've got streams of enemies and you're, you know, constantly firing. You don't have to do anything about it. And again, I'm just getting into the game. So, uh, I do not have any dragons. Uh, in fact, I only got high enough yesterday where I had a fairy that had two streams of, of shooting, uh, where they could actually do a little bit more damage, <laughs> um, which is, I'm sure not very far into the game. Um, no, well, each fairy, it looks like, only levels up to level 50. Okay. And to be honest, it's really easy to get there if you focus on just trying to beat your friend's leaderboards because right. then you guys will both progress together. You won't even realize you're earning enough coins. Um, and then when, it, when you either unlock new characters, which you can do with your money, or you can level up existing characters, each character, from the looks of it, can only be leveled up to level 50. And each dragon can only be leveled up to level 10 until you have two of the same kind, then you can evolve them. And that is fun. That's like Pokemon. Okay. No joke. Okay. Because then you get a new one, and it's cool. But it's also, like, the same level as the one that you combined it with. So, like, I combined a rare and a legendary, both level 10 dragons. And then I got a legendary level 11 dragon yeah. that I can level up till 20 and then combine it with another one that I've made. You know, you see what I mean? And oh, then, yeah. Yeah. So well, I'm down. I can that. see. And like I said, it was fun, and I, I, I got into it, but... <laughs> Honestly, as I was playing it and I saw that I was passing, what I realized is that I have a lot of friends that I don't talk to um, because I was passing people uh, that are on my friends list that I had forgotten I was friends with, so probably should do some culling, I guess. Um, but <laughs> anyway, or I should be reaching out. I'm like, hey, I didn't know you were playing this game. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, you should just use the quest as an opportunity to just spam them with a little bit of STD in their messenger folder. Who, and who doesn't need more of that, you know? Um, but when the more I, you know, I hated getting Farmville requests or, you know, just stupid game requests from people. And I made it sure that, and thank God that Facebook has allowed you to block stuff like that because I don't want those things. I, I mean, to me, it's, it's. There wasn't a lot of thought that went into this person inviting me to their Farmville thing or to their vampire whatever. And so, you know, I was like, you know, if if maybe if they had put some thought into it and I knew they really cared, maybe I'd join their game. But I know that they didn't, and I know that it was only a means to help them. So, yeah. you know, in, in this, it's a, I guess it's a little bit different. But, it, you know, as, as I've said on other podcasts, you know, I kind of play most of my games alone, and had I known, or if if I know who is playing this, like I know you're playing it, and apparently you've infected Daniel as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, at least I know two people who are playing it, for sure, that yeah. I talk to on any semi-regular basis, so... Well, the, the part of it is, because I invited you in our group chat, we can do team raids together as a team yeah. in our own time, 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So if you click on the boss battle side of things, you'll start a boss battle, and then every one of us can, like, pitch in on the boss battle, and you'll get, like, more little dragons and stuff to fight with you and things like that. But you can't resend a request to someone in, I think, less than 10 days yeah. than you've sent it before. Yeah. And even then, I feel like generally everyone who looks at it, they're like, right, I've sent one request to everybody that I'm friends with on Messenger. Yeah. I think that's good. You know I what I mean? Like, good. yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> that's good, and they'll appreciate it. You know, not getting spammed with it. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining. I can't speak for them. I just assume. <laughs> so, so is that all you've been playing? The uh, Everwing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently. Recently, anyway. Okay. Uh, well, I would say ultimate the the most recent that is that is what I've been playing as well. Um. And uh, and before that, I haven't, I really haven't had a whole lot of time to get into anything. I'm still trying to finish some games. Uh, I've I've dabbled a little bit in Mass Effect. Uh, I'm still not, I'm still you know not much farther than about 25% into the game. Um, but it's the one that I'm trying to stick with and finish. Uh, today, I'm probably going to finish Life is Strange, which is only you know six months into the making of that. Um, you haven't finished it yet. I have not. I'm on chapter four, and there's five chapters. And uh, the problem is, is uh, you know, I share my computer with my kids, and a lot of times they're doing work on the computer. Yeah, yeah, right. A lot of times they're watching stupid-ass YouTube videos, but uh, they're doing work on it as well. And so, um, you know, I, but the game is on Steam for me. You know, you can I could get it on PS4 or even on Xbox One now, but I don't want to buy it twice. So, um, I had to wait till my computer is free so that I can actually play it. So that's one of the issues that I've had. But right now I've got the computer computer all day, and so I'll probably try to finish it today. Uh, it's a great game. Like I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and I kind of know how the ending is going to go uh, without having spoiled it for myself. Um, I can just tell the direction the story's going. But it is a very it's a very emotional story, and I guess you know I'm I'm not a you know, a high school age girl. So obviously, um, but what? And a lot of no. what? <laughs> news to me. Um, but no, it, it's, uh, and a lot of the issues, but a lot of the issues that, that arise in this game are universal. You know, it's not just specific to, you know, high school girls or teenage girls. It's, it's high school issues. And, um, and so I, I, I can still relate to those things. I'm empathetic to the issues that arise and, and to having a really close friend, uh, and maybe even a strange friendship that comes back, and and uh, you develop that bond again, because I've experienced that in my own life, so I can relate to a lot of that stuff, and and uh, so the game kind of hits home to me in, in a lot of ways, and I really like the music in the game as well. I, I said that on a previous podcast as well, but um, so I'm actually I'm looking forward to finishing it, not just because I like to check things off of the to-do list but also because it's a game that i've i've wanted to complete just so that i can uh, get through the story because the story is uh is is good and and i really enjoyed it i just hadn't had time to get back into it or the opportunity so i'm gonna do that today good yeah do it good do it <laughs> well fantastic our first segment today that i would like to discuss is games media and and all that that encompasses so podcasts reviews uh, let's plays all of the things that that uh, that people seem to consume as games media, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, 
Is there any type of games media that you find to be effective or anything that's that's good about it? And what is actually bad about games media and can go away? In your opinion, Amanda? Well, I, I, it's difficult to say is bad. I would say I find the most effective games media to be audiovisual. So, right. you know, your YouTube reviews, your Let's Plays, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and the reason being is obviously games are typically a visual media anyway. So it makes sense to experience them in the manner that you're going to when you actually play them. Right. I don't really look at many written reviews and I don't listen to any podcasts, but that's more of a nature of my commute because I commute on a bus so and on an right. uh, underground subway. So I I can look at things. I I you know have full access to all of my visual faculties and not doing anything else. So it's nice to be able to, to see what's going on and what's being talked about. I have found that in the past, sometimes let's play people, they try to do like a full review of the game. That's not really what I'm looking for because if I like it, I want to play it myself and I don't want spoilers. So I'm more into like the first 20 minutes, you know, cause I think there reminds me of the old, um, demos you used to get. Right, um, back yeah. in the day on consoles. So you could, you know, experience usually about the first 20 minutes, maybe an hour of the game, um, and really get a feel for for what it was going to be about before you had to buy it. But now you can't do that anymore. So I feel like 20 minute, you know, first 20 minute Let's Plays and, and things like that are kind of the only way to experience the content, like, visually completely before you purchase it. Yeah. Um, because they've kind of done away with free demos and, and that sort of thing. So if I had to say in a pinch, that's probably what I would say I consume most is, is YouTube content about games. Right. So, the, and that's, you know, I think that we've discussed this before in a way that, you know, you are more of the audiovisual and I, and based on, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the, not just the way you 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 prefer to consume it that way, but you also that opportunity to consume it that way. You know, um, I drive and have a lot of I commute a lot, and so because I'm driving and I don't have that option, you know, to really consume media that way as much as I'd like to probably. And so because of my lack of options, I tend to listen to podcasts a lot. Um, so the the um, the visual or audiovisual reviews and the YouTube stuff, I do watch and I, and I do consume it uh, when I can. Um, but I tend to listen to a lot of the, the podcast versions of things uh, just because, just out of convenience, it's easier to do that while I'm driving than it is to try to watch a video while I'm, and it's safer um, than while I'm driving to uh, listen to it instead of actually uh, watching it. I think something that both of us agree on, though, that, that you know, because I, I like the... I like podcasts. Uh, I like the the uh, YouTube reviews. I'm I much prefer the um, 20 minute impressions of a game as to the unless again it's a it's a game that I'm just not going to get to play, and then I want to see someone either go through it or I'll even watch the ending uh, because I I'm I'm curious about the game and I want to know more about it and I know I'm never going to get to it you know so. Um, I'm fine with that, and that 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 is especially true for horror games, 
which is should be no surprise that I'd much rather watch someone else play the horror games and, and get to the ending um, because then I don't have to be terrified. But <laughs> um, uh, it's just not as much fun for me. I say that as we're going to try to do this this stream of Friday the 13th. But um, with Maybe we should start with something easier first. <laughs> Rayman, Rayman or Legends or whatever. Uh, something that's just cutesy and cartoonish. Yeah. Uh, Mario Kart. Uh, oh, I forgot. You would never play that. No. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Because I don't have a direct debit 5,000. I know it. Yeah. Well, you should get one. Um, the, uh, you know, I think the other thing that we talked about before, uh, and, and something that I'm definitely not opposed to uh, going away, I don't think it's a negative necessarily. I just think that you take it all with a grain of salt. And that's a lot of the, the scoring of games by some of the games media um, and even scoring of games by people who don't have experience with those games. You know, they're not even fans of those games, and so they're they're given this opportunity to review a game that they don't have any experience and don't really care about. Um, and so you don't get a really... I don't know that you get a truly objective view, and that may not be what I'm looking for. Uh, in fact, I kind of like the idea of somebody who enjoys that particular genre, if it's platformers or whatever it is, doing the review... Because I feel like I'm getting not only a fan's idea of it, but somebody who has experience with it. Like I, I'm getting the the professionals, the true professionals' opinion of a game because they are fans of that genre. They have a lot of experience in that area, so they're probably the the professional that needs to review something like that. They've got the most experience and probably the best um, perspective on knowing whether or not this is a good, uh, a quality product in their you know, general area of expertise. So I can, I can handle their review, their score, you know, their scores are arbitrary to me. Um, uh, in fact, X-Play, if, if I were to go with any kind of system, I like X-Play's version of it, and that's a show that, you know, kids at home probably, they may or may not ever remember it was a thing. Um, but Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb were the hosts, and it was on for a long time on Tech TV, and then it was on... Uh, Oh, what's the the? Well, I don't even think that you guys have it over there. Um, and now the video game shows on it. Anyway, they they would um, it got canceled not too long ago with Attack of the Show, and they had a a five star system. And basically, five stars was was reserved for games that they felt like were must buys. Four would be a great game, and anything under four. You know, was was relative. They would save one star for games that were just repulsive, just like just not done well. And if you if you got a one star, um, it was it was relatively large category. But I mean, lots of games could fit into that. It wasn't a particular genre. It was just a broken game. And uh, so, with that said, I felt like that was a pretty good system. Anytime you get too specific, I feel like you're 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 not able to, uh, I mean, you gave it a 92. Well, how did you get a 92 or whatever it is? You know, Metacritic scores and stuff like that. I can understand because that's a number of scores at the same time. But anyway, that that's uh, that's my thought. I think all of, I enjoy all of it in its, uh, in its place, you know. Um, uh, but I don't, I, you know, I don't necessarily have a preference for any one particular thing. I, I, I think uh, it can all be effective in its own way, 
uh, when it's done right. And, and, and I don't see any of it necessarily going away anytime soon. What I do see is a lot more of the audiovisual um, in the future. I mean, I really do feel like the YouTube stuff is is definitely going to be the, the preferred method of consuming it. Um, I've seen just a lot of podcasts kind of go that direction. They have both, but they tend to they tend to stick with, or at least they they push the. I and mean, maybe you've seen this as well, but they tend to push the the YouTube stuff or the video stuff first. So. Yeah, I I can get it. I would say if there is one thing that I wanted to get rid of, it would be the sort of more sponsored and corporate review engines right. I, I've there's like a few publications that are still out there that are very much fanboys of whatever console they represent like outside Xbox is a good example of one um, there's some like PlayStation ones and I feel like their reviews are never 100% objective because there's only a limited number of exclusive titles that might come on their platform. So whenever it's an exclusive, they tend to big it up. Um, So I don't really like that. And even worse than that, I find some of the more mainstream YouTubers, they might take money from especially the mobile gaming side of things. And they'll say, oh, yeah, download this mobile game, fucking Dragon Hatching or something like that. And they're like, it's really fun and you can do this and get this and whatever. And they don't tell you that it's one of those super paywall sort of situations that has lots of timers and... You know, if you don't spend money on it, it's not going to be any fun. And that's because they're obviously paid to talk about the game in a positive way. I I don't really like that. And I think that can go. Um, Because, you know, it's just terribly misleading and no one has that much space on their phones or time in their life. So especially these paid-for mobile gaming app situations, I, I don't think that... I don't even think saying this has been sponsored by really covers it because if you're a good games journalist, you should say the pros and cons about it, right? not just the pros, even if you're being sponsored. Yeah. So that's that's my personal opinion. That's why I tend to like the stuff that Jim Sterling does a lot more because he doesn't take money from anybody. Right. Um, so he's going to give you his opinion whether you agree with it or not, and you generally get the cons as well. So I would say that's something that I would definitely put in the no bin. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And that's, I like that about Jim Sterling as well. I also like that, uh, you know, kind of funny, they do their own game reviews and, and, uh, you know, Tim Geddes is the, is the main host of their podcast and they do it. They put it onto YouTube as well. And he's a big Nintendo fan. So I know you'll like that, but he's, uh, they are very Greg Miller. All of them are very good at uh, at uh, letting everyone know and and being transparent. You know, they're you know if if they were invited to do something, they want everybody to know that they are not paid to review something in particular. That in no way does that influence their experience, even if they're fans of particular genres or particular consoles. Uh, Greg Miller even makes a, a lot of comments that are <laughs> very anti. Uh, anti Xbox, uh, he's a big PS or PlayStation uh, supporter, um, and uh, but anyway, and, but it's all in jest, and he he can appreciate all of them. So uh, you know, so I, I 
I can appreciate as long as you're transparent about it. And, and yes, you and, and they're gamers. And so they really are as about as objective as you can be about stuff like that. You know, if there's a big paywall, they're going to let you know. And that's not fun. So, um, you know, and so they, they can be critical. And, I, and and that's what I think is important to keep in perspective that not everybody does that. And, uh, you know, and they, and that they should. So just to, just to keep everything out in the open and transparent. Well, that topic is brought to you by our sponsor, Audible.com. Audible's got a trial service right now, and you can head over to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast and receive a free audiobook download and 30-day trial. Check out their service. Amanda, what is our recommendation for this week? Oh, I've got to pull it out. Wait, sorry. <laughs> You're good. Well, you know what? Are you good and love to read, but excellent at multitasking as well? <laughs> Yeah, don't be like me. Who don't forgets. be like Amanda. I I got distracted. I was ordering my foie gras. Don't judge me. Don't. Well, you were hungry. This was this was acknowledged at the beginning of the podcast. So I, I am hungry. <laughs> right. So um, today's recommendation is the X Files Cold Cases. So it is actually a performance by. Uh, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson and lots of other uh, original cast members. And it's, you know, a collection of kind of new stories uh, in the series. It's four hours and five minutes long. But it's kind of the only opportunity I think many of us are going to get to hear the actual actors read Expanded Universe stuff. So I thought it was pretty cool and it's free with your trial. I mean, you're not going to get much better than that than having the actual cast read to you. So head over to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast to get that free title now, or you can choose from other titles, 180,000 other titles today. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast and get your free 30-day trial started today. In fact, I just got my uh, my credit for the month, um, and so I'm looking to choose a book. So that sounds like it may be a choice, or maybe not. I've got 180,000 other titles that I could possibly look through. So... Well, our second topic, segment number two, I would like to discuss games, duh, and where a sequel might have actually been better than the original. And this excludes any kind of graphical improvements. So, games where the sequel was actually better than the original. And I think I have an idea where you're going to go with this one. Before you go any farther, I just want to let you know that you're muted. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I couldn't hear you. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it was really good too. Damn. 
but yeah good good job me yeah <laughs> so that was fun um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. so so yes. uh, sequel were the sequels better than the original <laughs> take three so yes take three um, <laughs> so the first time that I played this franchise was during the Xbox Xbox One launch event before the consoles even went on sale. And it was a title notorious for having no story mode. I think you can all guess I'm talking about Titanfall franchise. Yeah. Um, and recently, I had rented, I say recently, I rented Titanfall in December 2016. And I just finished playing it last month. And that's because I had installed it, and then I sat it on my dresser drawer, and I didn't play it for six months. And I just let it sit there because I was convinced that it was going to be the same experience I had with the first one, um, which was mediocre. I'm not super huge into online multiplayer and the idea of having a game that's all online multiplayer and is really just a shoot 'em up sort of situation, capture the flag, whatever, just your normal games, there's really not much else to it, um, right. didn't really fill me with excitement, which is a shame because, in my opinion, Titanfall 2 really improved on its base concept of pilots piloting mechs around, so mechs having a human pilot. Yeah. They... They, the story is pretty emotional. I, I think it, it really shows how human the mech creatures can be. Um, and it really made the multiplayer make more sense. Um, because I felt like the mech and the human pilot sort of work together in tandem. Obviously, the mech can't get into all of the sort of spaces that you might need to get into in these sorts of, you know, heavy combat situations. Yeah. So, you know, you as the human pilot would leave the mech to go, you know, shut off a power valve or something like that that was in, like, a small space, and the mech can't reach it, you know. Yeah. I the beginning, the, the first title, I found myself thinking, like, well, the mechs are so great. Why aren't they just fighting this whole battle for us like why does it need a pilot i don't understand yeah this world is advanced enough where they could do the shooting themselves it didn't 100 percent answer that part of the question because felt the mech could have done the shooting itself um but you do understand why you would kind of want a human component to sort of make key decisions and, you know, to think outside the bounds of, you know, maybe programmed logic. Um, but overall, I really felt that this was a franchise where they didn't have anything in the way of story. And instead of just slapping in an element, which they could have done to appease all of us more casual players, yeah. um, they really took some time to answer some questions that you might have had about the, the world and, and its ethos. And I really felt it was really good and definitely worth a play. So in recent memory, that is, that's the franchise that I'm going to say the sequel was years beyond the original, beyond graphical improvements. I mean, it was pretty, but it even made me want to do things like wall running, which is a general rule I hate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, understood. Um, and you said recent, and you know, I, I've tried to think back and at, at, um, sequels and how they were much better, um, than the original. And even in, in 
different console generations, I've had a hard time really thinking of one that was just so much better than the... Well, there are definitely many examples, but one that stands out, you know, kind of like what you just said, and especially on, uh, you know, two different consoles or, or even on the same console, where it wasn't just a graphical improvement or a, a divergence of how of gameplay like Legend of Zelda 1 and 2, um, where you just almost had a completely different game. Uh, or Super Mario Brothers 1 and 2 or something like that. Because there's always, uh, there are many examples like that. And so I think Titanfall is a really good one. It's something, it's a game that I would like to play at some point, And I feel was underrated uh, based on what I've heard. Again, I've, I haven't played it, but I mean, people that I respect, their opinions and, and reviews that I've heard, it just kind of came out at a bad time uh, when there were a lot of other games that came out during that same time. And so it didn't get played as much as uh, it could have, but... For me, uh, the the sequel that I felt was that improved on the original, and it wasn't just a graphical improvements, but changed gameplay, made it to where it was. But it was still essentially the same game. It was in the same universe, uh, but it but it was distinctly different enough that it it warrants being on this list for me. And that was Mass Effect Two. Uh, Mass Effect, you know, it it introduced you to the world. Uh, once I once I got into that world, I actually went back and read the prequel novels um, and and learned more about that universe and really got into the characters and, and, and uh, I mean, fell in love with that, that, that whole that whole universe. And, uh, you know, you, you learn about your character Shepard, but then you also get to learn about the captain who, uh, Anderson, who you, uh, who you follow, and you learn about his adventures and the Krogans and uh, and the different alien races that are a part of his life in the in the books. Well, that just enriches the entire you know makes it a, a fuller universe. And then when you get to play Mass Effect Two, um, the story changes. Uh, they improved all the combat, which was the big issue that I had with the first game. You know, I went back and played all three of them. Um, you know, I, I, because I I had lost my save data. And I wanted to, I wanted the decisions in the first and second game to work for the third game. Well, I had, I had to go back and play the first one a few years ago whenever uh, Mass Effect 3 came out, and I just couldn't get through it. And I forgot how difficult it was to get through it because I went back and tried to play it again about a year ago. And I was like, ah, you know, I just want to play it. I want to start over and, and go through this. And I got to about the part where you become a Spectre again. And it just wasn't as much fun. I was spoiled from Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And, and I was like, I just can't do it. You know, the, the, the combat was more, so much more clunky and, uh, it just wasn't as fun. You know, I was spoiled and, and like I said, and, and so I, I, but not to say that Mass Effect was a bad game. You know, it's just that Mass Effect 2 had improved on everything that was wrong with Mass Effect 1 so much that it left it kind of in the dust and and uh, it wasn't necessarily uh like i said it, it didn't make mass effect a bad game it just to me shows how good of a game um that mass effect 2 was so for my choice in this particular category it'd be mass effect 2 um even over mass effect 3 because mass effect 3 didn't improve anything from mass effect 2 to the point that it made it that much different um and plus to me all of the most of the major decisions that you have to make uh, that are going to affect the timeline 
and your your gameplay experience and all your decisions, they were in that game as well. So they were in Mass Effect 2. There were some big ones in Mass Effect 3, but I think 2 was two was where it was at. So, so definitely uh, some good choices there, I think. Um, and both games that are worth playing. If you haven't played either one of those two games, I think I I would I would recommend on on Amanda's glowing review there uh, alone that that you should play that game. So well, it's really us, nice. What's that? It's really nice. It's really nice. Um, and that brings us to our final segment of of the show, and that is our featured favorites. So where we discuss one of our favorite games. Uh, of all time, and and they can come from any genre, and unless you're Amanda, and then they just come from genres that are after the year 2000. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> which there are plenty of good games there. So uh, you know, I'm probably going to end up choosing a few games from before that time period. But Amanda, what is your featured favorite this week? My featured favorite is the original and the best Dragon Age Origins. Dragon Age Origins. Um, Yes, I know it's quite an older game, but I have to say it's one of the only modern RPGs that I've played through more than twice to completion. Yeah. Um, I think I played it three or four times, like several years apart, you know, because it's just one of those games that the story and the characters, they still hold up. Um, they still have good emotional value. I think they attempted to do things with character story arcs and romance options that no one had really attempted to do before. That's not to knock Dragon Age Inquisition, which is excellent, um, but i got to give props to the OG. Um, the OG. It, 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 yeah. It just had sort of all the elements that I didn't know that I was looking for uh, in an RPG game. Um, it was fun. The combat was good. If I remember correctly, it was slightly more turn-based than they are now, um, which I, I like, uh, and it doesn't happen very often. But the world felt very real, even though it wasn't an open-world game per se. Um, it had kind of set locations. It felt quite open you know you you went from a place of interest to a place of interest um and i thought the character creation was pretty robust and the cast of characters and the voice acting especially was absolutely incredible so that firmly puts it in one of my favorites and i don't i don't remember why i didn't finish that game um maybe i need to get back to it i know i have inquisition it's in my queue of games to one day finish or no. <laughs> Jesus, you make it sound like a chore. It's not a chore to me. It's just there's only 24 hours in a day, and you know, and I've got a baby on the way. So I realize that my I'm Everwing may be the my game of choice for the near future, just because it's the one I know I'm <laughs> going to be able to play. <laughs> there's not going to be a lot of there's not going to be a lot of raiding in Warcraft at that point. So, um, but for me. Uh, my featured favorite uh, this week is a game that I think is, it's definitely not, I don't think it's necessarily underrated. I think it's not appreciated in the pantheon necessarily the way it should be. And it's, I'm I'm absolutely biased, but it's my fucking list. I can say what I want to. Um, so do what I want. I do what I want. So in in this instance, it's, uh, it's one that I don't think um, is necessarily, even in its own, its own series, I don't know that it's looked at to be the best. But for me, 
It had the best ending. It had the the, the ending that actually uh, made the greatest impact on me, and that was Bioshock Infinite. So it's not the original Bioshock. Would you kindly? Would you, would kindly? you kindly? Yes. Man, I still didn't buy that shirt. We talked about it a million I know times. It. I was so close to buying it. And you it. looked at it, too. You looked I up. did. I was so close. <laughs> I will eventually. Payday. Okay, payday, yeah. Well, we'll talk about it again to remind you next month. Um, but, you know, the that Would You Kindly was such a huge... I mean, it was a, it was a huge twist. And and the, just... You know, the over the course of that game, I mean, it was it was it was an incredible game. There's no doubt about it to me uh, that it's one of the greatest games. But for me, the ending of that game did not have me talking as much or for as long as Bioshock Infinite's ending. I mean, I went on to I don't even go to Reddit very often, but I went to Reddit and I was going through theories about this ending and talking about it for months after the fact. Um, it's one of the games that I would recommend, and you know I know that you would hope to one day play this game or finish it, and I don't want to ruin it for you or anyone else. Don't ruin it. it. Don't ruin it. <laughs> I don't want to do that. So, but I keep that game. I still own it, and it's a game that I would like. I would I keep it kind of like a good book that you want to recommend, or it's like, hey, you know what? Here's here's this book I'd like you to read. Um, you know you. I just I recommend it. It's a good book, and and I uh, you know and that's how much I appreciate this game. I thought it was done well enough, and the story is is done so well. Now some of the gameplay is definitely not as good as Bioshock. I mean, some of the boss battles feel shoehorned in and overly difficult for no apparent reason. Uh, some of the enemy types are the same. You know, I, I I thought it was a great twist on the Revolutionary War, um, and just on science and and sociology and history in general uh i thought it was just a nice twist on all of that stuff so from the opening scene and especially the the end of the game how it ends i thought it was a a, an incredible experience to me uh where and i don't want to use that word flippantly uh i i mean it, it was like the ending to me was really profound i mean i thought about it and talked about it and as i said i i own it so that i can give it to somebody who's got I think it's is it yeah it's on Xbox 360. Um, so if they have an Xbox 360, I'd give it to somebody just so they could enjoy it, you know, um, because I, that's I think of that game that highly. So for me, featured favorite this this uh, this show this week is uh, Bioshock Infinite. So we're gonna put this list together and then uh, and list it out on our website so you guys can see it. Uh, and you know if there are any of these games that maybe you've even forgotten about. Um, you know, that they've got a, at least our endorsement to go back and, and uh, take a look at them. For whatever it's worth. For whatever that's worth, absolutely. So that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, templateofgeek.com. I think it's .com. It's .com. <laughs> if you like this and want to see more from us, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon slash Temple of Geek. Any questions or comments, feel free to email us at RetroRebel at TempleOfGeek.com. Please head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you download and rate us, because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See ya.